Hello and welcome to the What We've Watched podcast. This is episode 80. My name is Chris. This is Emmett. And this week, first part of a two-part uh, decade review. Uh, where De- Top five. Top five. Top five. Decade <laughs> top five. Uh, where It's sort of almost like a review of a decade. Uh, where we're doing... Uh, we split the 80 into two parts. The 80s into two parts. First because, half, second half. Yeah. So this will be 80 to 84. Correct. Uh, uh, yeah, right. So, um, yeah, uh, we have done 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s for our decade-based top fives Mm -hmm. now. Um, so the 80s is where we get into kind of like, um... Familiar, real familiar. Yeah, yeah. Territory. I mean, it's where, like, obviously we're kids. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the stuff on these lists are probably aren't going to be things that we saw at the time necessarily. Yeah. Probably a few years later. Uh, some of these maybe even like we probably might not have seen till the early nineties. Mm-hmm. Like, just in terms of certain certain things. Who knows? Don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably most of them I probably saw in the eighties, but I was you know a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, even then, growing up, it's like, you know, you always have a tendency to watch things that might be current or relatively mm. recent. So, recent, yeah. you know, this is the point where we started to see, like, a lot of these things. So, yeah. you know, we've probably seen more 80s movies than any of the decades before. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. For, for, for those reasons. Yeah. Um, so, hence, um, we decided to do this in two parts and do like first half second half um turns out even splitting into two parts still pretty tough very difficult pretty tough yeah i mean mean, Um, absolutely more so than i think any other era mm -hmm. maybe not it's not the hardest top five i've i think i've had to make decisions on but it's the hardest decade top five yeah uh, it's tough because there's a lot of things that you just think like oh how can i leave that out yeah um (laughs) It's, or or there's a lot of things that are just like, oh, well, that's, like, such a great classic. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. And then it'll be like, well, then this one here is also one of my favorites. And, then, and it's like, how many favorites do it's I have? Defi- too many favorites. It you is know? definitely, like, having to, like, like weigh that, like, mm. well, everybody knows this is a fantastic, to- like, 80s movie that I also like yeah. versus, like, this is a lesser well-known one, but I also like it, too. Yeah. Now... Do I steer towards the one that, if I leave well, off the list, seems like absurd to leave it off the list? Right. Or do I just go like, no, like personal opinion, hundred mm-hmm. percent personal opinion? Well, on that. Yeah. you know, you got to weigh it all, all yeah, those yeah, factors. Yeah. Um, so for myself, um, I, I on the list itself, I only have one tie, mm-hmm. and it's it'll be fairly obvious why. Mm-hmm. Um, I it just didn't make sense to leave either of them out. Okay, um, but. Um, I tried to make sure. So that's the only tie on the actual list itself. Yeah. Um, but I do have. Um, I did kind of cheat in a way by the fact that there's a few things that you know you might call like sort of special mentions or yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Well, basically, might as well just get down to it. Uh, do you know who's starting list this this time? Uh, is it? I think I, it's you. Is it you? I think it's me. I think it is me this time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'd have to t- check the tape. I, I honestly don't know who started last time. Uh, what, what was our last list? Uh, I think it is you. It is me? Okay. The last one was Tom Cruise. 
Oh yes, that's right. Pretty it, sure it, 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 it was it was you. Yeah, because I, I, I finished with my number yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, which as it turned, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I finished. Yeah, that's right. All right. Yeah. So as a precursor, mm-hmm. so I, I'll just I'll really really quickly try to go through this. Okay. So uh, before we do the list, yeah. I just have a sort of some special sort of mentions to just make sure that. It makes sense. Okay. Um, so these are not just kind of like the honorable mentions. These are just the stuff yeah. that, that... Well, these are the stuff up, that basically were left off for specific, specific reasons. reasons. Yeah. Um, so I'll just really quickly go through. Yeah. So um, The Shining, 1980, yeah. that was already on my horror yep. list. Yep. So, But that's a great yep. film. And Absolutely. obviously I'm a huge Cooper fan. Um, and that was his only film mm. in the in this period time period. So um, I had a Cooper film on my 70s list and yeah. on my 60s list. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I am a big fan of Kubrick, nope, but... Nope, it already um, was on a list, so... Uh, again, with Star Wars, I explained in the 70s one, I left that off because I kind of think of the original trilogy as one complete unit. Yeah. Um, and it kind of spans over the two different decades. Um, here's the thing with the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that original trilogy is right. great. Yeah. Everybody likes that. There's no reason to yep. put it on a list I love it. when something else yeah, can take I mean, the place. You, you, like, you, did, you did find space for Star, for the original the Star Wars? on your 70s yeah. list, and that's great. Yeah. We had a chance to talk about it briefly. Mm-hmm. But as you say, you know, I mean, like, everyone's talked about example, it. For example, we got Empire Strikes Back yeah. in, this, in this one. Uh, it is yeah. like kind of no-brainer, like... You, you you put a bunch of movies from 1980 in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take Empire Strikes Back, put it at right. the top of the list and watch it. That's, yeah. that's not a, you know, we don't, we can skip that. Yeah. It's fine. Yep. <laughs> um, then uh, other one would be um, Secret of Nim, 1982. That was, that was on my animation both list. Both of ours. Num- was on both of ours. I think that was number, number one, one on both of ours. Number one on my, non- oh, it might non- my number two. Yeah, on yeah, my yeah. non-Disney animation yep. list. Yeah. Um, on a similar note to Star Wars. Yeah. Um, Franchise wise, I'm actually more of a Star Trek fan than yes. Star Wars. Yeah. Um, but Star Trek's real kind of home has always been on TV. Yeah. And yeah. movie wise, it's a bit of a mixed bag uh, when it comes there's to Star Trek. Ones, it's really up and down. Yeah. Um, there's a few really, really great ones, and yeah. then there's a bunch of good ones. And then a bunch of... So in the 80s, um, I do really like what um, thing they did, which was they have kind of what they call what sort of fans kind of call like the trilogy mm-hmm. um, because Star Trek two, three and four right, are yeah. all a continuous story mm-hmm. um, that basically picks up right where the last one left off. And it doesn't like, they kind of resolve somewhat, but they don't fully resolve until the end of that. So it's almost kind of tril- a trilogy within the larger, you know, it's not a trilogy in the same way that Star Wars is where it's just one, two, three done. Okay. It's a trilogy. That's part of the larger series or franchise. Um, so that's uh, Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan, Star Trek yeah. Three: The Search for Spock, Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home, yeah. uh, which actually falls into the second half of the eighties because that was eighty six. Yeah. Yeah. But the first two are from the early eighties. Um, I tr- I kind of bandied about the idea of squeezing Wrath of Khan in because most people agree that is the best Star Trek movie, mm. um, and I do like it a lot. But it was just really hard to fit in without having more ties. Yeah. And I thought, like, you know as what? A special mention. Just take it as good. it's the trilogy. Yeah. Those three together. Yeah. Those are. Look, awesome. We will probably do something Star Trek related eventually. Yeah. So you know, we'll we'll you know, we'll discuss it then. Uh, so quickly moving on, and then the other, t- t- just the other two quick ones is um, for the same kind of thing with being on on other lists. Uh, Amadeus mm-hmm. was on uh, my um, is 1984 was on my uh, Oscar like uh, right. best right. pictures. Yeah. We we did. I, like, know, I I know you love that film. So thirty five. We did top five best picture Oscar winners. 
1980 to 2014, so basically yeah. 35 years back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was on there. And then uh, the other one is Gremlins, also 1984, which was on my Christmas, Christmas list. Christmas list, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I'm a huge, huge fan of the original yeah. Gremlins. Um, uh, so yeah, so that's basically my special yeah. mentions. Uh, only other ones I have to add to that are Dark Crystal and Mancing Stone, which... Uh, we both have done reviews. Yeah, we did reviews And on. we also, I mean, clearly we liked both those films yeah. if you've listened to those I like them, but they're, they're not big favorites of mine. They yeah. wouldn't be anywhere close. Uh, they, they, they wouldn't be anywhere close to my list, but I do like them. I mean, they're, they're good. Dark Crystal they're Edges. Dark Crystal yeah. Edges. No, that's uh, cool. That's cool. But, uh, it, actually, it, Romancing the Stone Edges, except yeah. for the unfortunate year that it falls in. Right. Because it falls in... 84, which is ridiculous. Uh, which, I guess we can just address that right off the bat the, here. The elephant in the room. The 1984, 1984. elephant in the room. Yeah. Um, turns out, 80 to 83, mm-hmm. a lot of good films uh, in, the, in those in those eras. Right. Uh, definitely, as you get closer to 84, there's a few more every year. Uh, 1984 not only has a wealth of classic films, mm-hmm. uh, it's a, a wealth of, like, classic films that we both happen to really like. Yeah. And uh, we could have easily done a top five of 1984. Yeah, it's, pro- it's, it's problematic. <laughs> yeah. Um, y- y- there's, you'll, you'll sense a theme emerging in my list yeah. when we get to it. Um, which, uh, <laughs> I, I guess, as we get to our list here, yeah. um, I had to set myself some ground rules. Okay. Um, so what I decided to do is I really wanted to encompass this first half of this decade yeah, yeah. well. So I decided I'm going to do one movie from each year. Yeah. So one movie, you know, and... That really allowed me to make a nice, initially what I thought was a nice, diverse yeah. list of movies I've enjoyed yeah. throughout the 80s. Um, because, of course, the 84 problem, I could have like a five-way tie for whatever I put in 84. <laughs> but I you know, I'm, I'm, I went just with one, and I'm sure you're going to, you know, we're yeah. going to pick up, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll pick up what I've put down in, yeah. in, in yeah. that regard. I'm sure, um, yeah. Um, lost my train of thought what I was saying. Uh, oh, but. Hilariously enough, due to how I picked my films, I have a large amount of crossover on my own list. Which, as I go through my list, you'll see what I mean. It probably won't even be evident till very, very close to the end. But oh, like like same actors, or actor, something, or... director, right? Like so much crossover. Okay, yeah. Well, it just happened to work out. Nothing wrong that with that. Way. I mean... work out that way. Yeah, and uh, and then we'll have a bunch of all a few also rants at the end here. But uh, yeah, yeah. All right. so yeah, so it's my turn to go first. Yep, I'm okay. I'm pretty sure. So um, it, if we got that wrong, oh well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's our yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't mind. It's yeah. Fine. Uh, all right, so my number five mm-hmm. uh, is a movie starring Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy. Came out in 1983. Trading Places. Uh, directed by John Landis. Yeah. Uh, it's a great it, choice. It's, um, it, comedy's not something that usually comes up on a lot of our lists. Uh, I found the early 80s to be actually full of comedies yeah. that I still like. I've got a lot more comedy than unusual. And uh, also, like, especially like Trading Places, like, the 80s is also rife with comedies that when you watch now, you go, well, that was a comedy of the time and place. Yeah. And in a way, like, <laughs> you know, not to be PC, but even the most, like, common sense person you go, well, that's a, that, mo- that, that comedy is a lot more actually, like, inadvertently offensive than it is funny. <laughs> you know, a, a lot of humor just doesn't well, translate I into think, the 90s. Yeah. Training places, I think maybe just by the nature of the the... The, the the plot of the film, which is um, Dan Aykroyd uh, is a rich like uh, banker guy, and Eddie Murphy's like basically a hobo. Um, yeah, and they, it's like a, it's not like a bet, 
where they they swap and one guy has they, they have to live in each other's shoes basically um yeah but it's unbeknownst to them I, well that's a it's thing. basically yeah. a game being played, played by, by their, it's a bet the, by the, the two old, old like, guys senior yeah. partner guys it's um it, it is actually a the the senior partners i mean uh, that's what makes it interesting is yeah. the fact that they don't they don't know even they're not even that they're aware. basically pawns yeah. yeah it it has a bit of that um the the old money guys uh like basically playing with like people below them is actually the plot of a lot of 80s comedies yeah but um, this is yeah this one, one of the best and it really holds up well like the humor in it is very like it's, i mean it's not so timely it, it, it is of its time but yeah. in the best possible, possible way. way yeah like it's yeah. the kind of thing where you watch it and it makes you nostalgic mm-hmm. Even though, like, we were little kids oh, at the yeah, time. Three years old. We, we were, oh, no, I guess six years we old. We weren't, like, aware yeah. at the time. Yeah. Certainly we wouldn't have seen I, a movie like this. We wouldn't have seen a movie like this. <laughs> rated comedy. But, six years old. But in terms of just the general <laughs> gist of, like, you know, the, the sort of pre-media overload yeah. that we have now with internet and cell phones, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And just that kind of, what we sort of think of as kind of a simpler time. Yeah. Um... And and it's so I mean it is dated in that sense, but like in the best way because it's mm. like it's a it's a very rich yeah. sort of whereas like dated in the other way when you look at something you're just like whoa that did yeah. not hold like, up like it's like this holds see, up comparing trading places to Police Academy right now I nostalgically enjoy Police Academy yeah. but watching it about a year or two ago yeah. realized that. The, that, that movie's in the 80s. You should stay in the 80s. Yeah. And if you don't live in the 80s anymore, you probably shouldn't watch it. Well, I feel like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty funny and everything. Yeah. But it's not a, really a classic. No. And uh, this is a classic. Yeah. And, yeah, it is... Yeah, it's so that's good. the I mean, difference. Also, like... No offense to anyone who really likes Police Academy. Yeah, but yeah. But, let's be honest. I mean, this is a, a young Dan Aykroyd, uh, Eddie Murphy, like, like as they're, like, escalating in their comedy movie careers. Yeah. Um, just top-notch like humor uh both like like dialogue humor uh, um like physical comedy yeah uh just real good stuff yeah um great. nominated for four academy awards not something that happens to comedies too often there you go um yeah but yeah so yeah so it's if you're looking for a good 80s comedy to go back to trading places you can't lose yeah, so it's, it's, yeah. it's amazing yeah no, number five trading places cool all right, well, uh, so my number five is um, the tie, the one oh, tie. Oh, that that's your tie. About. You put it at five, okay. Um, and I put these together. First of all, I should explain. Okay. <laughs> Some people might be shocked that these films, both these films, are only at my number five. Okay. Because they are considered, like, fairly major classics that mm-hmm. would be not uncommon to be found as, like, the favorite movie of yeah. of many people, either one of them. Mm-hmm. Um. The reason I put it on that five is because it's just that odd sort of thing where it's just like everything else on my list, at any given moment, you could say, hey, you want to watch such and such? watch it. And I, I could be like, yep, yeah. doesn't matter what's going on. Just, yeah. Sure, put it on. Yeah. These ones, I haven't watched as much, and I feel like I kind of need to be in the right okay. mood to watch them, mm-hmm. but they are great, mm-hmm. um, and I put them together... Because they they came oh, out, you, you got me, you got me. I'm real curious. That's the whole I'm point. That's, that's why I like to do oh, enigmatic curious. intros. Oh. Um, so they came out relatively close together. Uh, okay. One was '81, one was '82. Um, they were both directed by fairly big name directors, different ones, but directors that are still big, big name directors mm-hmm. to this day. Um, and they have the same lead actor. 
Oh. Uh, another interesting thing is, is one of them takes place in the past and the other in the future from the oh. time that they came out. Okay. Um, so they are from 1981, Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. and from 1982, Blade Runner. Okay. Both starring Harrison Ford, yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, um, kind of falling on different kind of spectrums of like Raiders is more sort of entertainment, like, like, uh, well, uh, action, uh, adventure, adventure movie, fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's got those kind of darker, macabre kind of elements mm-hmm. that are that very kind of uh, Spielbergian kind of thing, where he can kind of somehow put in like really, like almost kind of gross kind of yeah, like yeah. stuff, and yet somehow make it still <laughs> fun and light. Light, you know. That, never really understand how he does that. It's <laughs> it's, it's sort of almost. Uh, it, it, I, I think of it in the same way as like Star Wars movies, where like. You can have like a gross alien in Star Wars, yeah. but there's something about or like, it. You know, somebody gets their arm or, cut yeah, off. But or... there's something about it in the way that it's presented yeah. and it's filmed that it's not like it's not like horror movie gross. Yeah, or I mean, part like of it's that. like the pacing because they did like you know this movie and movies like it just mm. to just keep moving. Yeah, exactly. And you're just yeah. like woo, you're just yeah, caught up yeah, in the ride. Yeah, you yeah. know, they're they're like a, a, a they're a ride. They're like a. Uh, theme park like a theme park ride you know and you just you can't stop you gotta you're on the ride until the ride's done these kind of movies I think Raiders Raiders of the Lost Ark is a really great example of this well actually the the whole Indiana Jones series is a great example of this are definitely like good shows good good precursors to show like kind of where like action adventure movies have ended up yeah where now like maybe they concentrate on the fact that they're trying to be a ride a little too much yeah and but you know they, you they got a little bit of humor sw- you got yeah. lots of action and adventure you got mm. interesting like mm. characters that oh, you, absolutely that you yeah. care you know to follow their story you got, you got intrigue and you know yeah i mean it's just <laughs> you got a bit of everything hate and, these guys and then on the other side of it blade runner is on the real kind of like contemplative artistic Slow. Yeah. much slower you mm. know i mean it's still it picks up at moments but yeah. they're they're just that yeah. moments. Well, it's um, it's a crime noir, which yeah. is, I mean, generally a slower. It, but paced. it's all about yeah. like the design and the artistic mm-hmm. uh, expression, and I mean that's something that I've touched on before. Is those are kind of the dual the dual sides of my nature mm. of of my appreciation for films. It's like I tend to like either things that are very um, entertainment focused, and you know. Lots of action and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I like them to be good. Like, I like them to have interesting character. I don't like sort of that empty-headed kind of oh, a- yeah, action. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, sometimes, but films. for the most part, not. I like, you, I always like them to have... seek those out, necessarily. Yeah, I like yeah. them to have a good story and have good characters, mm-hmm. but nothing particularly deeper than that. Um, and then, on the other side of it, I really like things that are very artistic and just very, like, beautiful in how they're presented sort of visually and sound and in sort of your brain, like the effect that they have on your brain, you know, and that's why I love, you know, like 2001, a space odyssey, yeah. things like that. I've, and I consider Blade Runner in that type of oh, category. Oh, absolutely. Where it's yeah, like, yeah. it kind of makes you think a little bit, but like, you don't really know exactly what mm-hmm. you're thinking about. It just kind of makes you think, and, you know, I mean, it, and, and they're just so artistically beautiful to look at and just kind of experience. Blade Runner, it's kind of incredible that Blade Runner like exists the way it is because yeah. Movies in that sort of like that near sci-fi. Yeah, I mean, it's know, basically it's basically cyberpunk, cyberpunk, but, but kind that of wasn't a genre. That no. wasn't a movie. In, in, yeah, that wasn't a genre for movies yet. No, and to come out and have like a decent budget, 
good effects, yeah. good acting. Like, that just didn't exist. Yeah, it's very you know? unique. I mean, it's... I guess it's... Often imitated. You know... Definitely never I guess imitated. it's in the same way, too, prior to Star Wars. Yeah. There wasn't a sci-fi movie that had, like, the tri- that trifecta of, yeah. of things, too. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Blade Runner, absolutely. Like, yeah. imitated over and over again, almost never well. Not, which, not, which, nothing even close. Which is one of those, like, really sad things, like, considering, like, Blade Runner was adapted from a novel. Yeah. And there was Very so, loosely, but, There yeah. was so much good, like, I'm a big fan of the cyberpunk genre. The yeah. William Gibson, the Bruce Sterling stuff. Um, and there's so much good reference material there, and just... Nobody knows how to do anything with it. Yeah. And I'm assuming nobody knows how to do anything with it that they can market. Yeah. It's just too difficult to market, so well, nobody uh, wants Blade to Runner do it. was not a big hit. Like, yeah, it, no. it is more of a cult film, but, mm-hmm. I mean, it's... It, it, got, it, got, it got actually kind of like... But it's so, like, big, you know, in terms of... <clears throat> we had a movie like this recently on another... Oh, uh, it, was, it was, in fact, last week, Assault on Precinct 13. Yeah. When Blade Runner came out in the U.S., it got middling reviews. Went yeah. over to Europe. Europeans loved it. Yeah. When it kind of came back to the states, it got looked at again, and yeah. and then over the but years, it was never like gone. a huge Star no, Wars no, acid no. blockbuster. No, no. But it's just as a piece of art. Yeah, it's really great. Mm-hmm. So I thought it made kind of sense because of those odd sort of parallels. It made sense to put these two together. Yeah, um, and remember, director's cut or well, fi- <laughs> yeah, final, final cut, cut now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, final if cut you can now, watch yeah, it. Yeah. Final cut, definitely Absolutely the best. The one to see. Yeah. Um, but that's just because basically the final cut's the best of everything, yeah, you yeah. know, aspect of it, yeah. and it's and it's made to look better than ever, yeah. and you know, yeah, really so, need to watch it again. Actually, I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, it's yeah. great. No, absolutely, that's a good one. That's so, a good one. Yeah. yeah, so that's my number five. Number five, Raiders yeah. eighty one and Blade Runner eighty two. Yeah, and also a uh, good sort of thing of like the sort of range of like Harrison Ford, like the. The two different kind of types of yeah. roles that he often like, does. From, from like adventure like comedy kind character of light, to. Yeah. The very light, sort of likable adventure, action adventure hero. Yeah. And then the sort of like more active, like acting, yeah. serious, like <laughs> drama Harrison Ford. Um, I mean, not that. I mean, they, there is some crossover there, mm-hmm. but he definitely has two kind of very distinct styles that he tends to go back and forth between. Um, and they're both. They're both very Harrison Ford, but they're, yeah. they're kind of different, and and that's, this mm-hmm. kind of gives you a dose of each. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, all right. Sorry for that extra long one there, but it was, no, no, it was, it was, it was two titles. Two, so, uh, number four for me, four from nineteen eighty. Damn it, we're on a mission from God. <laughs> Blues yeah. Brothers. Yeah. Uh, my second comedy. I thought you might have it. Uh, also, my. Second crossover, also directed by John Landis, like yeah. Trading Places, also, also has Dan, Dan Aykroyd, like Trading Places, yeah. uh, and the late John Belushi. Yeah, um, this is one of those like it's 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 kind of a dumb movie, but I never like like so like the comedy in it is a little bit dumb and uh, for the, it, for the era a little bit left field. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's definitely like the. Um, I can understand how somebody could like nowadays could watch this and not really appreciate it, um, but it's a movie I kind of never tire of. Yeah, uh, every time I watch it, the the, the 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 it's funny. The goofy stuff is is still great. The and I I think I watch I put enough space in between watching watches that I forget some of the stuff, and then when it crops up, it's like oh god, I, I totally forgot about this like outrageous thing that they do in this movie. 
Um, it's full of like neat, interesting, era appropriate cameos. Um, well, and and also a lot of like Car- Carrie Fisher's in it, and a lot of classic like musical. <laughs> massive, well, that's a lot. Yeah, a lot cameos of the, and yeah, stuff of yeah. people that had been famous long yeah. before this even. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, like, I mean, Cab Calloway's. Yeah, in exactly. Sixties like, and seventies guys. I mean, or even older. he was yeah, famous yeah. in the thirties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's super old in this. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, but he's still yeah. got it. Like no. that was a guy that just uh, had 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 it all the way through. You know, the the. The, the two guys, the two main characters, like, their dialogue, they're, like, kind of semi-monotone, like, uh, they they are the, what's that, the the dry punchline, you know, yeah. to... I, I gotta be honest, no. this, this one has never been, I've always kind of respected it more than I've liked it, like... Yeah. Um, I think I, I, I think I think that a lot I of people... agree that it's definitely a classic, and mm-hmm. I think that it's really good. I think in some ways you might be almost kind of underselling it because you're you're sort of allowing for like like oh people might not be so into mm. it and it's like come on it's yeah. it's amazing yeah. but I personally have never had that much connection yeah. with oh. it I haven't seen it very many times um, I couldn't tell you when the last time I saw it was it's I, one don't, of the I don't know it that few well comedies from that era that somehow for some reason I saw when I was like a kid yeah I don't I'm it clearly must have been on like, like uh, it's like, on TV a lot, that, and that's because I can't imagine. It was because I mean, again, R-rated comedies, R-rated comedies were like the heyday of the eighties. Yeah. There's no way I would have like rented this on video and I would have seen it when I was a kid. My parents never would have let that slide. Um, but yeah, it was on TV a lot, and that's probably where I saw it. And I remember because. The kind of absurdness of it, like, really entertains an eight-year-old, yeah. you know? And well, the car crashes. Oh, yeah, that. yeah. All the, it's just so... Yeah. So amazing. No, but, I, I got you. Yeah, so amazing nonsense. Yeah. I I really like the Blues Brothers, um, and so it, it, yeah, it bumps up to number four on my list. Makes uh, sense. Thank you, John Landis. Yeah. Uh, for, you know, bringing that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, number four for me, Blues Brothers. Cool. All right. Well, my number four is... Kind of along similar lines. Okay. Um, and uh, I should say that, I don't know if this spoils anything, but um, after that initial tie with uh, Raiders and Blade Runner, yeah. the rest of my selections are all from 84. Okay. So, because I was just like, ah, this is crazy. I'm yeah, going to yeah. have to just go with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, but it's along similar lines to what you've been talking about, because, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, the kind of crossover that you're talking about. Okay, yeah. Uh, this kind of fits into oh, that. Okay. All right. Um, stars an actor that you've already mentioned for previous one. Okay. Um, and uh, it's um, as I said from 1984, Beverly Hills Cop. Ah. Um, with Eddie Murphy, mm. obviously. That that just sneaked in under Trading Places. For yeah. Me. Yeah. Um, for me, it would be like kind of the opposite. It would be like Trading Places would be right. just below this. Yeah. Um, I. Again, I only picked 184 movies. I don't know so what I can say really about well, it. Well, we, we just I, recently watched this. I feel like... Well, semi-recently, yeah. So, yeah. so, I mean, in the same kind of thing as like what you're saying for like Blues Riders about... And it's like, for me, it's like, this is kind of on the other side of that. Oh, yeah. So it's like, I have it's always amazing, loved... I've always movie. loved so Beverly's Cop. I've watched it so many mm-hmm. times. Yeah. I watch it at least once a year. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably about once a year. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and um, it just never gets old. Yeah. It's one of those kind of it. it basically, the humor holds up it's really well. Created the sort of the blueprint for a certain type of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there were, there was other ones sort of in that general kind of genre prior mm-hmm. to this, but pretty much everything. I think it kind of set the bar. 
and everything else since has kind of tried to be it mm. uh, to a large degree. That sort of comedy, uh, sort of action comedy police, yeah, you know, kind type of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the the performances. I mean, it was it was the you know, of course, Eddie Murphy had done a few other films and he'd done yeah. Saturday Night Live at this point, but this is the one that actually made him into a huge, huge film star. Um, like he was really famous as yeah. a comedian. He was famous for Saturday Night Live and he had done things like Trading Places yeah. and a couple of other movies, uh, 48 well, Hours. Because he was like, in this, he was straight up the, like the leading actor. The main and, leading yeah. actor, yeah. And he's usually before this, it had always been more of an ensemble mm-hmm. or, you know, a co-starring kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but he was like, unquestionably the star of this one mm. um so it's what really kind of, it's kind of well <laughs> no but i'm saying yeah, the supporting yeah. cast is great but yeah. they were a supporting cast yeah. they were there yeah. to you know to to support so yeah i mean they're they're all great the characters are great um you know uh ronnie cox uh, yeah yeah is amazing uh, i'm a big fan of ronnie cox mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. He, he, that's a name that'll be showing up i'm sure in future oh yeah future top five most likely yeah um <laughs> And uh, just, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those, like, top to bottom, fairly flawless. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, everything is just executed at that, like, A-plus level. Yeah. Um, and, uh, again, one of those ones that kind of makes you nostalgic for the time, even though we were not old enough to really experience it in that mm-hmm. way at the time. But it kind of retroactively makes you, like, like man, the 80s seem awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you can watch a hundred other movies where you're like man the 80s sucks yeah, yeah. so i mean it's it's very definitely yeah. that kind of like you're seeing it well, through the yeah. lens of you can, you can talk to somebody 10 years older than us and they'll tell you like no yeah I yeah mean. so it's like you're seeing it through the lens of like yeah. oh it looks so yeah, great yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's such a great movie yeah. but you know so uh i feel the 80s in movies mm-hmm. like as, as an aside here the, the yes. 80s in movies show that decade in a and it is maybe just because of how pop culture was working in the 80s. In this amazing, like, like the 80s were so great kind of light that no other decade of film really shows. Especially modern decade. I agree with that. Yeah. Like, I can't, like, like in the 70s, like, I never want to go to the 70s. Yeah. No. Like, I like films from the 70s. Yeah, I, I don't want mean. to visit the 70s. I know what you mean. You know, yeah. the 90s. 90s films, lots of great films in the 90s, did a very poor reflection of actually showing... Uh, like of uh, not showing, but of like bolstering the '90s. As look at the '90s is a great era. Yeah. The '80s, even if it's all BS, make the '80s seem great. Well, everything's just so <laughs> colorful yeah, yeah. and just so like fun and sort of. You know. It's 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 um they kind of sh- like it's and I don't want to say because it's clearly you know movies are made with a, an idea and a concept in mind, but they show the '80s as being fun with no agenda in mind. Like we're just gonna show it as as like the 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 eighties are great, cool, like you say, colorful time, yeah. um, but without like a political message. Yeah. Without a, I like, mean, that like, existed, you know, but that was uh, yeah, yeah, in yeah. sort of other types, other of, types of, of films, know, yeah. films yeah. that are more serious, yeah. you know, examinations yeah. of mm-hmm. again issues. Again, that may be just our perspective because of our ages too. But well, and mm-hmm. and just yeah. you know, we generally lean more towards the more entertainment yeah. exactly. focused yeah. stuff. So you yeah. know. Yeah. So all yeah, right. no, that's that's. Uh... So I guess it's your three. Yeah. So that'd be my number three. Mm-hmm. No, no. So this is my. No, that's your number four. My this four. is my number three. We're on to your three. Uh, my number three, from nineteen eighty one. Okay. Nine Academy Award nominations. That's a lot. That's a lot. 
Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I'm like, what would that be? Yeah. Harrison Ford, Karen Allen. Yeah. Steven Spielberg directing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, was was on your list. Uh, yeah. I. It is probably my second favorite. Yeah, no, it's absolutely my second favorite of the the Indiana Jones films, with Last Crusade being my... I was going to say, I assume that means you like Last Crusade Last Crusade more, is my most... Because I can't imagine... Uh, to be fair, they are very close. Mm-hmm. Um... And it, it, given, like, any given moment, like, if I had to choose between any one of them, it's probably a 50-50 pick. Um, but I... I enjoy Last Crusade a lot, but yeah. I think, like, objectively, I think that Raiders, Raiders is, yeah. is by far... I mean, I, I like Temple of Doom. I know a lot of people that's the kind of... It's not bad, yeah, it's just but, not... You know, it's not on the same yeah. level. Um, but of the three Indiana Jones films... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is... It's such a great... It's funny how... how it's so much fun. Prior to there being a fourth film, <laughs> it was always referred to There's as a like... a fourth film? No. It was <laughs> okay, all, the joke is dead. It was always referred to as like, it's the Indiana <laughs> Jones trilogy. trilogy. But it's well, like... Well, now it's a quadrilogy. But it's like, is it really ever been a trilogy? Because... <laughs> there was there were just there's, standalone films. There's no connection in the stories. Like, it's not a part one, part two, part no. three, beginning, middle, end kind of thing. No. You know? I, I think in Last Crusade, Heck, I mean, I there mean, is some vague references to stuff that happens in Raiders of the Lost Ark because there's that, both have like Nazis involved. Nazis, and stuff. Yeah, and but I think I, mean, I think that. But honestly, like, heck, even I mean, Temple of Doom actually takes place before, before yeah, Raiders, it's so it's yeah, it's yeah. technically a prequel. So it's, it's a real interesting. It bounces around. You can watch you know? these in any order. Yeah. With you, there's no. It, it's because. The sort of like I, well, I, guess... I mean, definitely. If you're gonna watch Crystal Skull, make sure oh, you've okay. seen oh, yeah, yeah, make yeah. sure you've seen all the original, the original films first. first. I, I was talking about the otherwise the you'll trilogy. get a really skewed... I was talking about the, the yeah quote unquote trilogy. You'll get a but, skewed yeah. perspective yeah. on um, <laughs> on what the, on the, what the, Indiana Jones yeah. is if, yeah. if you watch Crystal Skull yeah. without the others. But uh, but the character of Indiana Jones yeah. is so um, it's so easy to immediately get a grasp on the kind of guy he is. Yeah. Um, it's so well presented that you, you're immediately like, yeah, Indiana Jones, right? And and I don't know, again, this may be, you know, growing up with Indiana Jones um, and, you know, and, and even Indiana Jones spinoff stuff like Young Indiana Jones and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah, Young Indiana Jones is pretty good. Yeah, I, people, I enjoyed it. It's really underrated. It, I it was definitely one of those, uh, like, I was like, this is great, but I almost wanted a, like, slightly older Young Indiana Jones. Like, yeah. I got Young Indiana Jones. I need something... Between Young Indiana Jones and the movies, I need more stories in there. That's you fair. know, Yeah, you know. That's fair. I realized that probably a lot of that was just him in school, so probably super boring. Well, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, Pre-him becoming a professor was yeah, probably I mean, not an exciting Young time. Young Indiana Jones basically <laughs> covers his, like, childhood Good. and, like, late teens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then in the main films, like, in the original three films, it's yeah. basically his 30s. Yeah, he's already a professor. Like, yeah, mid, and we need, sort we of need, mid-30s. We need 20... We need tw- so it's, like, Indiana Jones in his There's 20s. There's a decade of Indiana like? Jones yeah. there. That, what was Indiana yeah, Jones, like, in his 20s? That's, yeah. that's, he was just going to school and becoming a professor. That, that's the thing we never really have, <laughs> yeah. you know? So. Yeah, somehow harnessing his... All the skills he has as a treasure hunter. Um, but, yeah. No, it's... Cool. It, it, it's when you say Raiders of the Lost Ark, like fifty scenes pop into my head immediately. I, I, I like yeah. how because uh, we had them in two different spots. Yeah, we kind of like got 
I get to double down. So, well, we got like a to talk about it a little bit more. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. It's yeah. it is. Yeah. I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. So that's yeah. my yeah. My number three. It's great. Yeah. All right. So you're number three. Uh, my number three. Um. Well, I guess along the same lines of like the sort of crossing over of oh yeah okay. people involved and stuff that, that mm-hmm. as you said um uh we're gonna go um because uh you know you had trading places with yep. um. Dan Aykroyd. Yep. Um, this one's got Dan Aykroyd as well as oh, yeah? a bunch with a lot of other people. Ah. It's uh, from 1984. Yep. Obviously, as I said, all, mm-hmm. my, all my rest of my the selections rest is are from 1984. It's uh, Ghostbusters. Ah. Um, so, of course, Dan Aykroyd, you mm-hmm. know. Harold uh, Ramis. Harold Ramis, yeah. Ernie Hudson. Yeah. And, uh, Bill and of course, Bill, Bill Murray. Murray. Yeah, <laughs> Bill Murray's the big one. Yeah. You know. So, um, yeah, I mean, Ghostbusters is, I mean, pff, it's almost one of those ones that that we could just be like be like yeah we'll just leave it out because everybody knows everything it's like everyone knows everything there is to know about ghostbusters it's like it's been talked about it like almost feels weird having it just because it's just like it's it's almost it, too you know how i was obvious. talking earlier about the ones like do i put this do yeah. not yeah like, it's almost such like too a, obvious yeah. it's just kind of like oh yeah ghostbusters yeah, sure yeah. but it really is great i yeah. mean it's it's such a classic much as with Beverly Hills Cop, it's just one of those kind of like you just drop, watch it with the, the drop of a hat. Well, yeah. and it's just like perfect, pretty much from top mm. to bottom. It's yeah. just like yeah. it's one of those movies that just you can just put in and then just be like, ah, yeah, you know. Um, again, one of those things that is um, a big measure of how much like a movie has impacted mm-hmm. me is. Uh, how much I quote from it. Oh, yeah. And Ghostbusters is one of those ones where there's so many quotable mm-hmm. lines and I reference it like so often. And it's almost because of that that it almost feels weird sort of putting on a list and talking about it because mm-hmm. it's like, what can you really say? It's just, it's yeah. one Ghostbusters of those. Ghostbusters is a tremendous film. It's just one of those yeah. movies that's just kind of part of our DNA. Can be you know? old, I mean, it's like, it can be enjoyed by any age. Like, it's just, yeah, so it, it's... To a certain degree, you know, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's an excellent pick. Yeah, it's probably Absolutely. a movie. It's probably one of the ones that I probably could have seen mm-hmm. relatively close to it coming out, even though yeah. I was a little kid. Yeah. Because you might not get some of the more mm-hmm. like adult humor, but like it doesn't. There's nothing sort of on screen that's off-putting for kids. And there's a lot of like flashy, mm. cool stuff uh, going on. Much like Blues Brothers, I saw this pretty young. Yeah, I was probably like. I was probably like nine, but, but, ten the but, first time I saw it. But the the test is is like you get interested in it because mm. of all the flashy stuff and the visuals and the, the the funny little bits. But then it's like, does that sustain and hold up when you are an adult and you go back? And it's like, well, yeah, obviously, yeah. big time for this. Um, and but that's kind of the true test of like how great something is, I think, to some degree, or that's one of the tests. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, most people are pretty familiar with it. Probably <laughs> yeah. not a lot. Um. Also shares something very common with Beverly Hills Cop, which is that, um, and and for that matter, you know, other things that we've mentioned, maybe Raiders to a degree, Gremlins to a degree, yeah. Where the original films are like very very classic, and then they kind of kind of step down a little bit after that for the little, little sequel next issue film. there. Um, yeah. Not, I mean, Beverly Hills Cop. I still kind of like Beverly Hills Cop two to yeah. a degree, but it sort of just feels like. It's kind of like the not as cool younger brother yeah. of, of of the first movie, whereas like it, Ghostbusters, it's got that I, real rehash to yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I like it, but it's like it's more average, mm-hmm. like average yeah. in the sense of like 
like it's a it's an average good movie. Yeah, but it's not the like amazing classic of the first is with Ghostbusters. Really, the second movie was kind of it was it's a bit disappointing then. Yeah, when it came out, uh, which falls outside of this. It's I keep meaning to re- rewatch it. It was a bit. It, it was a years. bit disappointing then. As time has gone on, it's been even more so. Oh, and it's time just, has not been kind to the sequel. I, and I'm just like, oh my god, it's yeah. so bad. I know yeah. there's debate about that, and some people are like, most people agree that it's not as good as the first, but yeah. some, but a lot of people are like, oh yeah, no, it's 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 still good. Like it's almost as good. And it's like, really? <laughs> is it? This isn't this isn't like the Die Hard Two syndrome, is it? Where people un- seemingly seem to love Die Hard Two for no, no. no. I mean, most like I say, most <laughs> yeah. people agree that Ghostbusters Two is not as good. Yeah. But I feel like it's like way, way below. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. that's my opinion. No, I, I, if I recall, like the last time I saw it, which was quite some time ago now, being kind of like it. It was more or less like, yeah, that's that's what I thought this was. You know, I just like, feel like it just didn't. It did, didn't live up to potential. Yeah, yeah you know exactly. And and you know, and I'm not alone in and, feeling that. And because... kind of for no good reason, like. But how... that's what I mean. Like yeah, with yeah. all the same people involved, all the same creative yeah, yeah, minds, yeah. they had years to put it together. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just like that's what they came up with. And I realize that there's complicated reasons for those kinds of things, and things happen. And a lot of times, there's certain things might seem like a good idea at the time, or it's just a case of wanting to do something different and not be too much of a like a, a copy of the first. Mm-hmm. And I get that as well, but you got to do better than that. <laughs> you got to do better than that. So, anyway. Yeah. Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ghostbusters. It's good. Something strange in the neighborhood. Yeah. Excellent. Awesome. No, that is that is a top-notch 80s film. Yep. Yeah. Kind of had to do it. Yeah. You know? yeah I, I was reluctant because I was like, oh, man, it's <laughs> such an obvious one. Yeah. But sort of had to. So. All right. So I guess it's your two. Uh, my two from 1982. Okay. Much like Raiders of Lost Ark, also stars Harrison Ford. Blade Runner. Really? <laughs> I had no idea you liked Blade Runner that much. In I, fact, I didn't even know that you really liked it that much at all. I really like Blade Runner. Um, really? That's wow. I, See, this is what happens sometimes with these lists yeah, yeah. is like you get real big surprises it, like that. It definitely started out... I thought you were kind of lukewarm about uh, it. It definitely started out a little bit lower on my list. Hmm. And then as I kept reflecting on it, just like... It's a movie that I haven't seen a ton of times. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, I've seen it quite a few times. Yeah. Um, enough that, like, a lot of dialogue is. It's one know, of the first memorized. movies that I ever had on DVD. Oh, nice. When I first started getting DVDs, I yeah. got it from my mom. Mm. My mom gave it to me for either my birthday or Christmas. I don't remember. I think it was Christmas. Um, so that would have been 97 or 6. Hmm. No, yeah, probably, probably seven there. Probably yeah. seven, maybe even eight. Yeah. Seven or eight, I think. Yeah. It was when early, I first, early DVD. When I first started, yeah. Probably seven or 97 or 98 when I, and I first started getting DVDs. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so no, um, as a big fan of the cyberpunk genre, uh, this movie being kind of the only really decent Yeah, which is interesting film. given that it was kind of... It was it was developed at the same time as sort of cyberpunk as a genre was yeah. developing. Yeah. And they, well, that's what I say. Like, it didn't really. It was directly... cyberpunk by coincidence. Yeah, more really, than... pretty much. <laughs> you know, especially since the book was. Written. It's very cyberpunky like, because it's <laughs> right, but yeah, again, it's 70s. extremely loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 60, yeah. it is sixties, sixties actually. Right, yeah, yeah. But it was an extremely loose, loose adaptation. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But I mean, it was much more influenced by more recent things yeah. than than it was by the book. And but I I think the reason for it is because, and again, like you say, it's almost more of a coincidence. Mm-hmm. But I think that Blade Runner the film was influenced by a lot of the same things that Cyberpunk was. Yeah, yeah. and a lot of the same sort of developments mm-hmm. in in technology and yeah. culture. And you it, know. it is one of those interesting things. Like because of that. Um, the actual the cyberpunk genre is one of those two things that like kind of is only great nostalgic like it, it, what is kind of cyberpunk now is definitely not the same as cyberpunk yeah. in the 80s like the, that, is a, liter, that is they're literary yeah it's, it's as, a, as an it's actual a, it's original, a genre that because so well, much it's of very it, short-lived as an actual like literary original yeah. genre well most of the cyberpunks actually moved on quite quickly oh, exactly like and expanded it, into the, other how it is and i don't say it hasn't aged well because that's not really the right definition for it but because it's well by by factor of it being based on uh ultimately the the concept of the punk movement yeah and that being an ever-evolving thing yeah uh because it's so socially and politically it's it's altered by the the situation you live in the essential component of cyberpunk and 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 blade runner is kind mm. of the same this is sort of like the main common thing that they have is that cyberpunk and blade runner are basically a concept of the future as seen through the lens of the 80s yeah. um and, well, and because of that they really are kind of confined to that it's dated in that it's, sense it's a it's a bright lights big city version of 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 a, a des uh, dystopia of a dystopia where uh uh we've given up everything for technology and for and and control to to like corporate control or or control that is above and beyond like anything we have a say in that being said we basically live in that but it looks nothing like (laughs) it looks nothing like that and it it evolved in a way that nobody I guess, and the, well, which I mean, is always, as most things, which is always how it is, right? written, like, And in the same way that, like, 1950s sci-fi... It, it turned out we were all... Well, we live in cyberpunk without the dystopia. Yeah, I mean, you know, 19, <laughs> 1950s sci-fi yeah. was basically, like, it's the future, but through the lens of the 1950s. 50s. Things like Forbidden Planet, things like exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. That are great film, but... Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have things like Star Trek, like the original Star Trek, which is like the future, but through the lens of the the 60s, 60s, you know, you're never going to mistake that. Like, if you look at the original Star Trek, it's going to automatically look very dated because you're like, well, that's the future, but it still looks like the 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's because, you know, that's always how you you always look at it through the lens of, and of course, I mean, they have limitations on what they could physically, you know, show and stuff too. I mean, a lot of that, it's the big thing is, is the things that we take the most granted, like yeah. sort of technologically wise, in whatever the current era is, is the thing that we never predict in the in the in, yeah. like, in the previous eras. Yeah, nobody, or at least not in the way that, in the it, way, yeah. that like, it ends up being. Nobody predicted cell phones the way that they, they turned out. Like, yeah. People predicted cell phones, but not smartphones. Yeah. You know, or at least not in the way that. Yeah. You know that they even where out. they did, it was yeah. not. Yeah. In the way you know, that they actually um, ended up. The yeah. the technology that we always think is going to affect us often turns out to be technology that falls by the wayside, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but again, that's a... Because you're looking at it from the era that you're in. Yeah. And I think that is an interesting thing about, like, the, the concept of cyberpunk is... Um, 
it so very much relied on using technology as kind of the division conduit through which it presented its ideas. Mm. It's very easy to like see that setting. You know, you're like, oh, we got like the neon lights and you know cybernetic implants and and you know often like lots of you know things are dark you have a lot of uh you know pollution's a problem yeah, like crowding's like a problem and, yeah yeah, yeah 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 it, it's it's a setting that is it's it's like a noir setting i mean they're kind of somewhat closely yeah. tied in many Absolutely. cases um uh where y- you can immediately be like ah yes i know what this is you know yeah. um and Blade Runner is very much... Especially when it's so vividly realized as it is, like, in Blade Runner. It's such a great movie. Looks so good. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a movie that um, I don't watch that often because I don't want to overdo it. I don't want to... I never want a time when I go, "Uh, I've seen Blade Runner. Maybe that's why I don't watch it very much. I never want to go, "Uh, I've seen Blade Runner too many times. Like, it made made my, my 70s list. I love Star Wars... But I've seen Star Wars enough times. If I don't watch Star Wars for like ten more years, that'll be fine. I'll you t- know, <laughs> I'll tell you when you will watch it. What if they ever come out with like a fully restored, oh, original, all nice version of the original, like unaltered, yeah. version? Yeah, you'll watch it then. I'll watch that. Believe me. I'll watch that. I'll make yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll watch that. Yeah. As to whether that will ever happen or <laughs> when it will happen, I'm sure it will eventually, yeah. but we don't know when. Yeah. But. Um, that uh that's what i'm looking forward to yeah. but uh, so. the uh one of the few Sean young movies that where she like oh like that oh yeah everybody remembers her from yeah. this yeah. uh Rutger howard amazing yes yeah, amazing roy batty oh one of the great characters one of the great yeah. performances mm-hmm. um so like the, much more than a villain, just a yeah. villain. Like, yeah, like he's technically the the villain, but it's like, is it he, the light that burns twice as bright yeah. burns half as fast? I mean, because and the you thing burn is, so very very bright, it's completely <laughs> sympathetic. Like, yeah, he, yes, he does some questionable things. He uh-huh. he even says that exact thing. Yeah, but like you understand why he does everything that he does yeah. because literally, mm. like he has been totally screwed over. Yeah. You know, and it's like he's taking righteous revenge to yeah, a large yeah. degree. Yeah. So it's like if you flip the perspective of it, mm-hmm. you could almost see him as the protagonist. Yeah. But he's technically the villain mm-hmm. because it, the perspective that you have, um, that's amazing. Like how mm-hmm. often do you get that? Like never, you know, mm-hmm. almost never, you know, where like the villain is, is almost as sympathetic. Yeah. Um, because you just you, the whole well, time, the whole is, time you're just is, like, oh well, you know why exactly why he's doing it, this. His his uh, background of a, as a villain is a villain. He's a villain of circumstance yeah. rather than like seeking to be the villain yeah. from the first. But place. it's always yeah. really impressive because mm-hmm. that's a it's a t- tricky line to walk, yeah. and and it's so rare for it to be walked really yeah. well like that. Yeah, and uh, usually when that that happens in movies, you get a kind of like a meh, milk toast yeah. kind of villain. Yeah, and then, no, yeah. He's, yeah. It, it's amazing. No, he's awesome. Yeah, and and really early for like, um, in terms of, um, you know, he hadn't done a lot of kind of no, he's still still North American kind of um, uh, English language kind of well known stuff at the time. You know, yeah. this was early. Um, you know, he'd only really kind of been known for mm-hmm. mostly for Dutch stuff before. This. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah. So that's uh, my number two, Blade Runner. Cool's awesome. 
All right. Your number uh, two. My number two. Um, like I said, uh, going very um, uh, more comedically slanted mm. kind of with this one. Okay. Uh, I mean, we both are to a degree. Yeah. Um, you've always tended to have a little more comedy on, on your list. Mm. And, you know, I always kind of seem to give the impression that I'm not really a big comedy guy. Um, but You're a little just, more particular than I'm just I am. very, I'm very particular about it. Um, uh, and, and as we discussed, this is a great era well, for stuff and, that, and part of it also know. is just my background because of the things that, you know, like you like a lot of comedies from like the 50s and like, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, the, the 70s and things like that, which is just something that well, I... Old time comedy! Which is something that I just <laughs> never really explored, or even the yeah. 40s, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is something that I just never really explored, you know. Yeah. Um, so, my number two, again, as I say, 1984... Um, most of my selections are, um, hmm. is, uh, one of my, oh, good, good. probably one of my <laughs> top movies, um, but it's always kind of feels a little weird to put it with everything else because it's not, it's different from kind of like any other movie. Um, but, uh, if you're talking comedy, this film just has such a high level of like you know whatever you want to call it like 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 laughs per minute quotient in terms mm. of just how like everything in it is just done to be like funny and it's um this is spinal tap yeah um <laughs> i know you love this movie <laughs> well it's amazing okay so basically for those who aren't too familiar with it a lot I, of- it was actually i got a little worried when it wasn't on your list up to this point yeah, i was yeah. like I hope it's on his list soon, because I know he loves this film. It's, yeah. It is. It's number two. Yeah. So, basically, I had a lot of debate over where to place it. Mm. I ended up deciding on number two, because, basically, you just... I mean, when I watch it, it's just crazy. Like, because yeah. it, it... You know, you, it's all... It's basically improvised. So, mm. they had a concept of what it was about. You know, it's a mockumentary, essentially. So it's done as if it's like a documentary following actual events. Um, but it's kind of like parts of it, you, you sort of think like, well, this is so ridiculous. This is so absurd. Mm-hmm. But it has this strange kind of like realism to it at the same time where you're just like, this is probably not far off because the lies. It's actually almost easy to, as you're watching it, to forget yeah. that it is. And it many is a people do. And in fact, many people, a... when they saw it back in the day, did not realize. Didn't even realize not a real band. That, that it yeah. was that yeah. it was fictional. Yeah. Um. But basically, I just feel like the collection of talent. You know. Um, well, the very because un- it's it's so much improvised. The yeah. lack of unscriptedness yeah. really makes it. So feel... basically, they had the concept behind it, and then they had like the scene. They had sort of the gist of like what they wanted a scene to be about, or what they wanted it to accomplish in the mm-hmm. story, and then what they actually do and say within that as they're filming is all improvised. Um, so it was uh, directed by Rob Reiner. Mm. Uh, who also appears in it as kind of the, right. the, the yeah. filmmaker, yeah. Uh, Marty DeBerge. Um It's kind of a parody of uh, Martin Scorsese. Mm. And uh, um, basically, you know, and then it's um, Michael McKean, Christopher Guest, Harry Shearer. That's, yeah. that's the ones I was yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to think of. Those are the three main guys. So it's basically them, you know, and then everyone else that appears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christopher Guest, yeah, Michael McKean. Yeah, so Christopher Guest, Michael McKean, Harry Shearer, and that Ro- mustache that Rob Harry Shearer has is and glorious. <laughs> yeah, so basically, like, 
they all they play they wrote and like actually performed all the songs for real. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, because they all actually are. Yeah, they, yeah. they're actual mu- like they know how, they're actors and comedians, but they 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 know how to do music and like they play instruments. They they can write songs and it's all done really by them, mm-hmm. um, like recorded by them and stuff. And um, yeah, and it's just like it spans an epic thing because it's it kind of parodies all the sort of like like it has footage from like the sort of the sixties where they're kind of like the Beatles more, mm, li- more, yeah, like, yeah, more yeah. like the Beatles. And then it goes into sort of like the later sixties with the sort of psychedelic kind of era. And you get sort of that whole kind of thing. And then you get into like more kind of the heavy metal kind of seventies yeah. thing. And, and it just sort of tracks the hair band style. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and, it, and then, and it's just, you, you know, you're watching it and you're just like, it's ridiculous. But the, the number of bands that, like rock bands from back in the day and stuff like that, that like when they saw it, they were just like, they're doing us. Like this yeah. is about us. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. because it's like a lot of the stuff in the, in the movie seems so ridiculous, mm-hmm. but it may be this just, di- yeah, definitely people familiar with the subjects height, that they were, they were imitating. Not yeah. far <laughs> off yeah. because yeah. these people's, the kinds of people who had mm-hmm. these lives, their lives were kind of that ridiculous, Yeah, you yeah. know? And and in a lot of cases, you know, a lot of them are lucky to be alive, mm-hmm. and a lot of them probably aren't alive anymore um, because of the kind of lifestyles that they led. So this is kind of all about that, but it's all done. It's all just done humorously um, because these guys are just geniuses, basically. Um, and I mean, there's so many great little touches of like when you can see them genuinely reacting mm. in scenes to what other people are improving but always staying in character. And I mean, they even did the DVD commentary in character. Yeah. You know, and they've done a lot of like public appearances and interviews. One of, one of the that. few movies I've actually seen the commentary for. Yeah. They've done a lot of like, <laughs> just public, cause it was so great. They've it done was... concerts. They've done tours. Like they've done a mm. lot of public appearances yeah. all in character, whatnot over the years, you know, even right to this day. Um, so, I mean, that's nothing that they're not yeah. used to. But their ability to just go, you know, into those characters and then have, you know, things like where, you know, they're probably one of the great most classic sort of scenes in terms of seeing the four principal people all together in a scene and and sort of the pro- their process is there's a great scene where the Mario DeBerge, the Rob Reiner's character, mm-hmm. the, the filmmaker, he's um, reading um, like... Um, reviews of their albums right to them oh, from like a magazine. so good that is that is an amazing and, scene yeah and rob reiner is is improving these the, these, what reviews. these reviews are as he goes yeah so the guys are hearing it for the first time as he's doing it on camera and so, they and so their reactions they have authentic. to react in character but they're also authentic reactions so they might like chuckle a bit or whatever but they always keep it in character mm-hmm. and and they shot like untold oh. hours of footage um, because they basically shot it like a real documentary. So, I mean, it's all edited down from just like shooting all the time. And, uh, it was actually, most of it was actually filmed like almost two years earlier. Oh, wow. You know, it was actually mostly made in 82, but it was, you know, then they had to like edit, you know, essentially like, you know, all these, About who knows rich. how many hours Pardon me. and, and make it into like, you know, a good movie and stuff. And so, I mean, there's all kinds of outtakes, of course. Um, and there's just, you know, there's cameos, but it's like, they're a little bit more subtle than what you often kind of 
find in a lot of modern kind of movies where they try to kind of parody. They're not stunt cameos. Yeah, not not too much. You know, a lot of things, it's like people who, you know, weren't, weren't really well known then or, you know, or were, were known in more different kind of contexts. Mm-hmm. And it's just great. It's yeah. great. It's amazing. Yeah, I know. Spinal Tap. It's, it's one of my favorite movies. Brought us, hands down. Brought us, brought us, this goes to 11. Yeah. Which is like a yeah. universal. That, like, that's another that, scene you know? that's like one of yeah. the greatest scenes no. ever it's yeah. it's i think the review scene showing this goes to 11 and then dealing with the tiny stonehenge are probably yeah. my three favorite parts yeah. in that film and that <laughs> absolutely those are great but that's the thing about it is what makes it so amazing is like there are dozens of scenes oh, yeah. just it's, like it's, that it's, yeah, like yeah. like every scene is yeah. amazing yeah. there's no wasted it, it would really be great to somehow like just be able to watch like all the footage that they filmed for yeah. this and see like probably the good exist the anymore. good and the, yeah the good and the bad like because i'm sure like sometimes like sometimes even with great improvers yeah. it doesn't always land no you know for sure, yeah. and so i'm just just to see how it all worked and to see you know yeah. how they 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 bought into being those characters so well yeah you know? it's amazing yeah yeah, no, that's an uh, that's an excellent pick. Amazing. I I I assumed that was going to be on your list. Uh, yeah. Well, it yeah. is. Yes, it number was, two. And now it's done. Yes, number two. Excellent. All your, right, your one. My number one. My film. This is my this is my 1984 film. Yeah. Well, it better be what I'm hoping it is because if it isn't, we're this gonna have was, a problem. This was a top film. This was a this was a tough pick. Yeah. Um, and I feel I'm safe to pick this one. Because I'm fairly sure I know what your number one is. Oh, so you went the other way. Yeah. You went with something else because you I went knew with, that I, I would... went with mine. Uh-huh. I went with the one I would prefer to watch of the two because I assumed... Huh. And, and, and I'm fairly sure I've guessed right. Because my number one is Ghostbusters. Oh. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. Go, I mean, we already talked about it. Yeah. It was your number three. Like, given a stack of any films from that year of the 80s, yeah. Ghostbusters put it in the VCR. Because that's how I watch Ghostbusters <laughs> in the VCR. <laughs> well, if you must. Uh, hey, if you're going to watch an 80s would... film, you got to watch it authentically. Well, got to adjust the tracking a little. <laughs> I'll, no. I'll take the 4K mastered Blu-ray. You take the 4K but... mastered Blu-ray? Yeah. Which... Um... Yeah, no, uh, it, like we already discussed, I, I've i seen this movie so many times. Yeah. It, it just, it is, um, it, it's, and it, again, both have Bill Murray in it, but it's sort of like Scrooged, where I can just watch it all the time, know all the dialogue, back to front. Yeah. Just, it, it just it's never bad. It's it's never good. I'm like oh, I'm watching Ghostbusters and oh, I've seen it before. It's not as good time. this time. It's not as good this time. <laughs> oh, I'm a little bored. Like no, never. Um, it's just and it, and again it, it falls in like we were saying. It's sort of the one I, I guess like like duh included yeah. cult classic. But it, I genuinely love it so much. I feel like I feel like that fact is almost kind of what hurt it a little bit on my list because I was just like. Yeah. I don't want to put it too high because it's just too obvious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it it was kind of like it was kind of number one on my list before I even knew any of the other films that were going to be on my list, or I either really looked at. It was kind of like, all right, so what movies are from that year in the eighties? Well, Ghostbusters. Oh well, that's my number one. <laughs> early on, early on, when I looked at how many great like classics there was and stuff from that era, mm-hmm. I did. 
I was sort of considering having a lot more ties and kind of doing like one of those real kind of cheaty lists. Yeah, I, me too. Me every, too. And I decided in the end that I just had to be like super ruthless. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, but this is... Yeah, there were times where it was kind of... I was thinking like maybe Ghostbusters don't have to be tied for yeah. number one or like... Because yeah. I mean, really... And it's always tough. When you do this kind of stuff and it's like... like we just, This is like our top five of a list that's actually like 15 movies long at least you know like it's not hard you know but you gotta you gotta push something out to push something in you know but yeah no i tried to be pretty pretty ruthless with this one so uh but yeah like i said not really much to talk about go go stressors it's just fantastic we didn't mention uh actually uh we mentioned the actual ghostbuster cast but we didn't we didn't mention the last time around um, Sigourney Weaver, Sigourney Weaver, a very important part of Rick it. Rick Moranis is amazing. Rick Moranis is amazing. amazing. Andy yeah. Potts, Andy Potts, also, yep. Yeah. So you know, it's the supporting um, cast. You know, uh, what's his name? Uh, this man has no dick. Uh, yeah, yeah. I forget his name, but it, again, he's been in a million movies. Yeah, uh, uh, Lord. But well, yeah. we talked about him with uh, with Die Hard because with Die Hard, yeah, 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 because he's also he's in, in Die Hard, the yeah. first two Die Hard movies. Um, Oh, yeah, just looking back at uh, Spinal Tap there, Michael McKean. Uh, funny, like, my my memory of Michael McKean is more from Short Circuit 2 than Spinal Tap because I saw Short Circuit 2 so much earlier yeah. before I it's saw never been, never been a big Short Circuit guy, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's yeah, never really yeah. been a big deal for me. But, um, uh, oh, that's funny. When you g- Google Ghostbusters, it gives you three choices. Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters movie, Ghostbusters the good one. Those are the top three links for Ghostbusters in Google. Yes. Well, Ghostbusters, it's much like shark. Wow. It's much Ouch. like shark movies. There is only one good one. That's brutal. That's brutal. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, yeah. Will Matherton. Yeah, Will yeah, Matherton. Uh, Walter, it's Walter Keck. Yeah. Yeah. And plays a jerk. Yeah. But he's also, he's amazing. He's, he's like one of those character actors yeah. that's amazing at that. Well, and I mean, um, and, and that's like, it is like that all the way mm, through. I mean, yeah. everybody's great. Yeah. Like the guy that, the the guy that runs like the concierge or whatever. Oh, that runs at the, the hotel. At the hotel that they, is their first big like case. Yeah. Like that guy was great. It's this little bit part. Yeah. I mean, like everybody's great. That's the whole point. You know, the, 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 rooms like cleaning lady in the hallway yeah. in the hotel oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. great bit uh, you know also got one line also to like cameos in this that like i don't even think were known as cameos at the time uh the only one that immediately pops in my head is the hotel manager like not the concierge but the actual manager of the hotel is it's michael eisner oh that's yeah cool. like but like yeah. nobody knew what that's michael like, eisner looked like, like trivia exactly yeah. yeah nobody knew what michael eisner looked like in 1984 because yeah. you know he wasn't really a public face at that right, point right. you know but you know uh yeah it's just uh it's just the the dialogue it's just, just everything yeah bleeding ghostbusters it's great yeah yeah and my my absolute number one all right uh yeah so your number one yeah <laughs> do you know what it is uh, I'm pretty sure. Here, I'm gonna write it down, and then and then we'll, and then I'll see if I'm right. Okay. Okay, you're number one. Yes. Uh, okay. Oh no 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 no! I've written it down. You'll say it, and then I'll show you what I've written. Oh, uh, yeah. Did, did you put uh, flash dance? No. No. Well, <laughs> that's good. It's, it's not, not your number one. Yeah. Um, it's the Terminator. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah I wrote down Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> that so, was the one I knew I was okay to leave off the list because I knew it was going to be uh, on yours. I'm a big James Cameron fan, obviously. Um, and this is where he kind of really enters the picture. Yeah. Basically. Um, I, yeah, it's... If it wasn't for the fact that I went one movie from each decade, right. this would absolutely be probably my number two. Yeah, okay, yeah. so here's the thing about it. It's it's pretty short. It's yeah. under two hours, which is yeah. the last time that would ever happen in, <laughs> in a James Cameron film. Um, it's the last time there'd be a Cameron film under probably... Three hours. Two and a quarter hours at least. I think... Um, yeah. I think T two is like two and a quarter or two something, and, a quarter, yeah. and a bit longer in the in the special edition. But but I mean, um, yeah, everything else is kind of two and a half and yeah. up. Um, it's under two hours, very lean, mean. Yeah, never stops. Mm-hmm. I mean, it stops you know for a few moments to give the characters a breath, a, a breath. But like even then, it's always very gripping and interesting. Yeah. Um, it has actually like a very well done like romantic storyline that's like a very powerful you Mm -hmm. know i mean it's all basically in over one day essentially like a day and a night but but like it it really captures that kind of like where there are sometimes there are people that just seem to be like like meant for each other you know Mm. like soulmates yeah yeah. um i mean it doesn't end particularly well yeah but you know in terms of the intensity of it Mm. great great uh you know romantic storyline in the midst of this like action thriller horror kind of well as i mean i think this actually came up and usually those kind of elements like you like oh yeah you gotta have a romantic part and it's like usually that's so shoehorned in that you're almost kind of like Ah, we would have been better without it. You know, it's I so poorly think done. It was, this was so well done. And I think it was really helped by the fact that this movie, while there is action in it, falls much more into the category more of like a horror-style film yeah. than an action or film. Like, yeah. Yeah, because like, like a thriller or a horror Yeah, I mean, there's thing. action. There there's is action. Gun you know, play. But I mean, there's the, car the, chases. There's, a, there's, a, oh, there's action in, you know, Friday the 13th films too, yeah. you know, like... um uh, but I, I I think this discussion came up more. Uh, we we talked about it last time when we talked about our top films of 2015. When we talked about uh, we talked about the last Terminator movie that came Genesis, out. Yeah. Genesis. Genesis. Um, uh, how how these films like the kind of film they are changed from film to film. Like yeah. one definitely more thriller horror. Two uh, d- definitely more like a, a, an action. And then you know. Three is crap, crap. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a genre crap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, it's an interesting choice to go with that yeah, one, but uh, it's very interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting artistic choice. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's garbage. Gonna, you're gonna smear feces all over this film reel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe a little harsh on it there. Uh, a little, bit. a little harsh. Um, not much. But, not by much. This is like, and I know everybody loves Terminator Two. Terminator One, by far, my favorite. Of the okay, so my feeling about that is, um, I, I mean, I, mean, I, I like Terminator. I don't want to get too right. deeply into yeah. it because I feel like there might be a further discussion happening in their near future. In the near future, <laughs> but uh, I don't want to get too deeply yeah, into yeah. it. But um, generally, um, I prefer to. I always have. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess not before it came out, but yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> since, since two came out, it's yeah, always yeah. been. Yeah. But I feel like. All th- everything evened out 
Mm. They're they're very close yeah. uh, on par. They're just they're different kinds of films. Well, that's the big um, thing. I find them a little hard to compare. Sometimes. So so I mean, yeah. I find like if you sort of really step back and try to objectively kind of just like even out the peaks and valleys, mm-hmm. I feel like they come out on fairly even footing. And I, if somebody feels that the first one is the best, I understand. If mm. someone feels the second one's the best, I understand. Mm. But um, for me, I've always liked the second the best. But but I mean, there's no question. The second has more flaws, but I also feel like the second has more higher yeah, highs. Yeah, the higher because, highs and higher lows. Yeah. I mean, just look at. I mean, the first movie is what 10, 11, 12 million dollar movie yeah, or something, yeah, yeah. something somewhere it's in that. Kind range. of amazing they did that with the that second, budget. The second was only made seven years later, and it's ninety million. Yeah, it was like well, it was it's like the most expensive film at the time. It's a completely it was, different yeah. world. I yeah. mean. The, the the scale of like the mm. epicness and and pushing like effects forward yeah I mean the first one has really good effects uh, for a low budget and yeah. for because Cameron knew how to do that because yeah. that was his background also for what they needed yeah like they they played well like well they because didn't try to do more than they you know. and that's Cameron's background yeah. is is basically knowing how to get the most out mm. of out of a yeah. small yeah. budget I mean a lot of the really good stuff so when you th- practical when anyway. you think about in those terms that his background was doing effects special effects and visual effects and knowing how to get a lot out of very little I mean he used to work for Roger Corman yeah yeah um <laughs> He, he knew how to... That was squeeze, his, squeeze blood from that movie that, stone. That yeah. was his background. So then you give him a massive pile of money, money. and then imagine what he can yeah. do. And that's why, like, sure, the effects in T2 might seem a bit dated now because... They were revolutionary. That kind of stuff time. is so commonplace, you know. Every like, like more single... morphing and whatnot is almost passe now, but... Every single at the time mag- for like a year, every single magazine that mm-hmm. covered movies or sci-fi or anything like that yeah. had an article about the technology yeah. behind the morphing and so, of and so just like, like how much it costs and how difficult it was. The sheer and- scale of like that story and everything that was done, everything was achieved, the action, the the the, the, the like the action set pieces, everything. Mm-hmm. I feel like I like too just because it has those incredible highs. Yeah. yeah. But it also has a lot of flaws in there because let's be honest, they try to it do a lot. Only has of one flaw. Well, that's <laughs> and that's not entirely his fault. It's a discussion for a future time. <laughs> uh, we've talked about it before. It's absolutely yeah. a discussion for yeah. a future time, and yeah. it will come up. Yeah. But my point is merely that yeah. you, evening everything mm-hmm. out, I can see that bo- they're on yeah. sort of similar equal footing. Yeah. It is definitely but both I think, really great in it, different uh, ways. Terminator is a little more even paced versus yeah, yeah like T two yeah. is definitely T two is downs. more ups and downs. It yeah, has yeah. more dynamics. Yeah. But the first one is mm-hmm. just like a perfect ticking mm-hmm. machine that just goes from beginning yeah. to end. But yeah. done. And and, Perfect and you're just picking like, machine that's coming to kill you. Wow, <laughs> unstoppable yeah, killing machine. It's, it's great. Yeah, it's great. And it and it really it's. I mean, it's it was the first true James Cameron film, mm. and it still represents him at his best. Or you know, it's amongst mm-hmm. like he kind of did. I mean, he was at his best for quite a while there. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. He kind of did just sort of masterpiece, uh, one de- masterpiece after de- the other. Definitely didn't, definitely didn't hurt uh, Schwarzenegger's career in any no. way. <laughs> and, and I mean, I think it's like it's definitely one of his more early. And it's probably the first, like the only time, still that he's really done like a true like villain role. Like I, I yeah, 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 Mr. Freeze, I guess. I guess technically, but I mean, <laughs> it's the first time he did a serious antagonist yeah, yeah, role. Yeah, yeah, you know, where you actually were like mm. scared of him and actually yeah. threatened, felt that he was actually threatening. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's interesting that the rest of the series they always went with him as like the hero. 
Um, yeah, that was interesting how you know. he, he, he basically, he played the Terminator and then somehow that got, and then like got turned into things like Commando and all that. And you're like, where, like, you don't often see actors who play villains. And I mean, mm-hmm. I guess the Terminator is a villain only, you know, he, he because of the term being a machine, yeah. you know, it, well, he's, not your he's standard, the antagonist yeah, of yeah. the film. He's so. not your standard bad guy, you yeah. know. He's not um, the mastermind, but no, he is he, the antagonist. He's, he's much more your Freddy Krueger, your 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 Jason than your. I mean, he he is very much a Jason style, you know, um, unstoppable killing machine. But yeah, no, so good, yeah, literally. Yeah, I'm, yeah I, that's yeah, yeah. No, that's I'm glad you had that. That's excellent. I was able to. Uh, and I yep. love um, the uh, Cameron's writing is mm-hmm. is like I think probably um, uh, is a bit lesser talked about than because like a lot of people just think like oh like he's great like you know he has a lot of great action and and characters and like mm-hmm. story ideas and stuff but like the writing in terms of like like it's hard to make um, action movies that where the characters actually seem like people mm. and that you kind of care, but at the same time, you know, they have sort of flaws and, and, and strengths yeah. as well. And, and then to like make like the romantics plot work and then to have like some really funny, like, like memorable lines, mm-hmm. um, you know, things like that. I mean, and that's what makes, you know, yeah. him so good. Is Cause that's, you know, there's no one else that really does yeah. quite exactly what he could do. Yeah, that was yeah, especially absolutely. back, you know, then in that sort of classic era. So, um, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, number, one. number one, Terminator, yeah. awesome. Definitely. Um, so uh, before we get to all surrounds, let's yeah. just back through our lists here. Right. Uh, number five, Trading Places. Number four, Blues Brothers. Number three, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Number two, Blade Runner. Number one, Ghostbusters. All right. Um, so I had uh, number five was Raiders of the Lost Ark and Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Number four is Beverly Hills Cop. Number three is Ghostbusters. Number two is uh, This is Spinal Tap. And number one is The Terminator. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of crossover there. A little more than I thought, actually. Yeah. Um, Same. I kind of forgot that Amadeus had already been on one of your lists. And so I thought it might peak on this one. But I would forgotten that it was on. Uh, yeah. That's, it's tough, though, because up against all that. Yeah. I don't know. It may, oh, have, no. it may have been an so honorable hard. mention if it wasn't for... But yeah, um, so for all also rands, I got a few here. Okay. Um, uh, Time Bandits, that's always a fun one. I I like that one. Haven't yeah, seen, I seen it a few years. I feel like from that, it's from that that genre of like Brazil and all that, like just weird. British I like Time movies. Bandits. Um, I have it on Blu-ray. I got it for like five yeah. five bucks new. On wow. Blu-ray. Well, but I you know it's I like it, but I would never really put it in like the upper no, no, echelon of definitely. movies yeah, and yeah, so yeah. i you know i yeah. don't really have it on on here but uh it's more comedies uh strange brew yeah uh johnny dangerously yeah again like i would consider for me yeah i mean nothing against you yeah. you having them on on there because i mean these are know, but for these me, are just movies for I really me enjoy from the 80s, for me yeah. like those kinds of things would be more kind of just like yeah yeah they're movies that i liked they're mm-hmm. they're good i would I, I've seen them, but, and I would, you know, I'd say like, yep, go ahead and watch that. It's good. But like, if I'm trying to be real ruthless and just do like the yeah. very top end, like mm. I wouldn't really include stuff like that, but that's just me. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. Uh, but that's why they, yeah, you know, no, that's you know, fine. Um, uh, progenitor to decades of 
Oh, I thought you meant like it was a movie called Progenitor Two. I was yeah, like, Progenitor I was 2? like, that sounds was, like a, a B movie. It to was me. better than the Progenitor One. That, uh, anyway, sorry. Oddly enough, Progenitor One was actually called Progenitor One. Yeah. No, um, a, a Progenitor Two. What would be uh, decades of copycat TV and movies? Um, the Big Chill, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which I mean, that format just imitated forever. Um, one of the best, like. Uh, um, you know, I'm I'm usually more of a like a film like score oh, yeah. guy than like a song based soundtrack guy. Yeah. But Big really Chill, Big Chill has of one music. of the best yeah. song based soundtracks ever. Mm-hmm. It's like like it's pretty much like best of like Motown and yeah. like soul like music that you could possibly get. Like just like you know, you could just get like that soundtrack and then you would have like the best of those songs. Mm-hmm. A uh, couple of classics that I watched a ton as a kid, really, and, and I enjoy them nostalgically that, that way, are uh, Annie uh-huh. and Neverending Story. Neverending Story. Uh, both those, like, definitely now, not super, I'm not super, like, I wouldn't, like, you know, yeah. want to see them, but I do remember, like, loving those films I like and seeing them story as a kid. over and over um, and over again when I, I was I wouldn't mind actually watching it again more recently, because I haven't seen it in many, many years. Um, I don't really like fantasy, so it mm. kind of makes it like yeah. it. It always kind of like puts a bit of a damper and stuff like that a bit for me. Um, but um, I'd be interested in giving mm. it a watch, like because I haven't seen it in many, 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 yeah. many, many, many years. But yeah, I liked it as a kid for sure. Yeah, yeah uh, you know, out. I like Last Starfighter. Yeah, that's a really great one from that era. Yeah, um, early CG effects. Yeah, very, yeah. like it, it, amazing yeah. for the time. Yeah. Uh, Tr- Tron also. Yeah. That's another Well, it's one. like, Tron kind of, like, started the ball rolling on yeah. that. And, like, Last Starfighter, which is only, like, a couple years later, like, took it to another level. I mean, Tron has all the other things about it that are really amazing. Um, but in terms of just purely using CG as, yeah, yeah, as yeah. a visual effect to... Because um, the thing about Tron is that because it was all in, like, a computer world, mm-hmm. it didn't really have to look particularly realistic necessarily it just had to look sort of good yeah and and tron also has a lot less computer effects than people actually think and remember because yeah yeah. it's a lot of it was like most of it was done with other 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 means techniques um there is obviously cg stuff too but but um last last starfighter being last starfighter probably had to be one of the first films that used cg in the modern way of it actually being visual effects representing things that exist in the real world mm. you know and trying to make them look relatively real i mean obviously it's dated to to, to our standards now but it's from 1984 what do you want like it's pretty impressive so i mean the movie itself yeah. is it's a, it's all right like it's good it's, yeah. it's an enjoyable movie but nothing it was it was definitely like watching it as a kid was that very uh much like tron i mean tron is yeah. not it was really a great s- movie but it's important uh, super duper it, like as a kid like wish fulfillment movie yeah like i played the video game i got yeah. good at the video game and aliens came and took me into space because of yeah. it you know like, yeah it's cool man <laughs> yeah yeah it's like it's like the kind of thing you you're, you dream of and then you get to see a movie of it yeah um uh last on my honorable mentions list is a movie that i watched over and over and over as a kid yeah uh and i'm sure it doesn't stand up i watched a trailer i watched the trailer for it and I'm very sure it doesn't stand up. Okay. Uh, and that's Condor Man. Oh, okay. Um, a very ridiculous superhero style movie about a guy yeah, who pretends I, to be a secret agent. I've never seen it. I You've mentioned it 
many times over the <laughs> it's, years. It's a bit wacky. It's kind of dumb. Yeah. And I'm sure, like, it would actually be, like, kind of, like, hard to watch yeah. as, as an adult. Uh, but as a kid, I friggin' loved it. I wanted to make my own condor wings. I wanted to jump off the roof. Yeah, I love uh, And, you know, idea. yeah. I, all kinds of... Th- like, so basically, <laughs> when, mo- when most kids were, like, were, like wanting to be like Superman and jump off I know the roof. I know you, you want to be Conor Man and jump, jump off, off the roof, roof. Well, alright fair enough I, I set my real my expectations are real more, a little more realistic yeah well <laughs> yeah um <laughs> yeah sure yeah uh it yeah it was it was a bit of a goofy movie and clearly the, the humor on it was very um of the style of like um Greatest American Hero yeah you know that kind of uh, it, it it was almost like a made for TV movie. Like it had that much. I think more it was. Actually. Oh, was it? Was it? It probably was. I think it was. Um, I just remember watching it a ton of times. Yeah. Know. What do you got? What do you I got? have. Um. Uh, so I put this in like order, mm-hmm. like earliest, latest, because I focused on eighty four for my main list. So, yeah. um, Elephant Man, nineteen eighty. Uh. I know you're a big fan of great that. film. I'm a big David Lynch fan, yeah, yeah. and it's, good, um, it's a real good movie. It's took a, me took me years yeah. and years and years to see it. But yeah, it's really Anthony good. Hopkins, John Hurt, yeah, um, two incredible performances, mm-hmm. um, and it was this and uh, the film of Dune actually oh, yeah. fall within this period of time because this is eighty. Dune came out in yeah. eighty four, um, but I I don't really like Dune that much. I don't. I think no, I'm fair. a big fan of the original book, and I and I just feel like yeah. it, it didn't really work out. Basically, yeah. it's a fairly impossible to adapt thing in the first place. Yeah, um, but it just didn't really pan out, mm-hmm. and Lynch definitely agrees with that. Um, yeah. It's probably like the one film that he has the most kind of like not regretful. I don't want to put words in his mouth. Not regretful feeling about. But I've I've seen interviews where he literally straight up addressed the fact yeah. that he was not happy with how Dune turned it out. It was sort of one of those like, what are you gonna do? But you know, Elephant Man was. Yeah. But those two yeah. were basically in that era when he was kind of experimenting with doing essentially work for hire. Yeah, you know, he did not originate those projects. No, no, those no. were those were projects that were originated by. Those are di- you know, directed by David Lynch. Producers where they came yeah. to him and hired yeah. him, like many directors do. Mm-hmm. You know, they came to him and they said, "We want you to do this." And when, I mean, he was he was offered Return of the Jedi. That's right. And turned that yeah. down to do Dune because he was more interested in Dune. But um, you know, things probably turned out for the best overall. But um, yeah, uh, that's kind of a that would have been a weird return. That's sort of an experiment that he kind of did at the time, I guess, because his career was really just starting. Yeah, um, that he never really kind of did again. Yeah, like all of his other projects. I mean, he started with Racerhead in the seventies, mm-hmm. and then he did these two as kind of work for hire, and then everything since then. Well, it was it was has been his own oh, projects yeah, that yeah. he's initiated, that he's written, and, and yeah, full hands on on everything. So, yeah. so I mean. Um, it's kind of interesting. It's a little snapshot of like a very different time in his, in Lynch's career. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the full sense of, I mean, we covered a lot of this in our blue velvet review. That's right. Yeah. So if you listen to that, we cover a lot of that. We talk a lot about David stuff, but basically, you know, that sort of what we kind of consider our conception, modern conception of like the Lynchian kind of style didn't really kind of really develop until after, you Mm -hmm. know, it was sort of blue velvet was where that really kind of got going. Um, in the modern sense, I mean, it's there in Eraserhead to, to a degree, but but you know that was more of like a work of art. Um, so 
Elephant Man is a really, really amazing movie, and it would be whether it was Lynch or, you yeah. know, it, you don't think of it as being a David Lynch film. No. You, you think of it as just being a, a, a movie. Uh, it's black and white, which is interesting. You don't see a lot of black and white movies. It, it's 80s. like one of those movies, like, they showed film students, they, yeah. you know, it, it's there's so much good stuff it's, in it's it. It's really, yeah. Uh, my other honorable film mention wise. here is also 1980, um, and I kind of had to talk about this. So bear with me. I'll, no, try, no, no. I'll try to be quick. No. But it's Superman 2. Yeah. Um, because, of course, Superman, the first Superman is my favorite yeah. movie of all time. And it was on my number one for the 70s. Um, and, of course, this has been nowhere to see. Now, that goes into, I, I can't really, I don't want to get into the whole nitty gritty of it. But basically, um, the whole kind of falling out with Richard Donner, director Richard Donner, with the producers and everything. Mm-hmm. And he was replaced um and uh, by Richard Lester and never got to finish Superman 2. Yeah. So originally the concept was that 1 and 2 were basically filmed largely mm-hmm. at the same time um, as one big production. So kind of right, yeah. like how like Lord of the Rings and things yeah. like that were done to maximize, you know, when you have a location or you have a set, exactly, yeah. shoot everything you need for that uh, for both films. Um, and then it got to a point where they were running out of time to get the first one finished and delivered uh, for the release. So they focused on one and got it done and figured, okay, we'll just we'll come, we'll come back and finish yeah. two when we're done with one. But that never happened because Donner was replaced, and so they went forward. Mm-hmm. Well, we, so yeah. had he been able to finish it, come back and finish it the way he wanted to do it, um, two probably could have easily rivaled the first movie, possibly even been yeah. even better. As it is, um, it still has some really great stuff, a lot of which was shot by Donner. There um, is a very clear, and I think this came up last time we, when we talked about Superman. Yeah, went on the top seventies. Uh, there is a clear divide where you yeah. can see they the started, Donner stuff they from the non-Donner stuff. More kind of yeah. silly humor, a lot of really ridiculous kind of comedic elements, uh, which kind of reached its height with the next one, yeah, Superman yeah. three. Which I think was eighty. They doubled down on the worst aspects. Which I think is eighty three. I think. Yeah, I think. So that also yeah, yeah. falls into this. Um, I don't. I didn't really write that down, but I mean, Superman three is pretty much my opinion of that. Is it's a really good Richard Pryor comedy. Uh, yeah, it's a terrible. It's, Superman. it's a terrible Superman yeah. movie. It's a really good Richard Pryor comedy. It, Richard Pryor it could have been called Richard Pryor meets Superman, yeah. and that would have been way more appropriate. Richard Pryor owns that movie. He's yeah. really, really good at it. And I would actually mm. tell people go ahead and watch it just for Richard Pryor because he's amazing. Yeah. Um, and the scene where this whole sequence where he dark with the whole all the whole dark Superman thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then where he splits in two and fights himself and all that yeah. stuff. That's I always think that's from Superman two. That's from, but three. That's from three. It's yeah. the only really great part of three. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And it rivals anything in the other in the other it, ones. It's but it's, it's such a good scene really... it feels like it's left over from like two yeah. or one. It's it's amazing. Um that and Richard Pryor is great in three. Otherwise three is pretty bad. Two is still really good, but it just has those little stupid kind of bits that they had to put in it those really mm-hmm. lame comedy bits and just a few other just really questionable decisions um now we do have the what's called superman 2 the donner cut that's right which yeah. is a new kind of version that they cobbled together to be closer to Don, richard donner's vision um which is improves in many areas but it's still kind of it still doesn't quite work because of the, the nature of the fact that mm-hmm. it, it's by its very nature an incomplete thing. 
there is no way to make the real Superman 2 that Donner intended yeah, yeah, yeah. because the time has passed. Mm-hmm. It had to be made then, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So there's no way to really complete it at this point. Um, so the Donner cut improves in a lot of areas, but it also has problems. And, I mean, it, it's just a mess. It is what it is. Yeah. You kind of have to take it for what it is. Um, and there are a lot of chunks of 2 that are amazing, just as good as the first. Yeah. And if they had been able to complete it, the way they wanted it probably could have been at least as good as the first if not better um but unfortunately just those little stupid things that were put in there kind of ruined it to a certain degree mm-hmm. so that's why it's an honorable yeah. mention but yeah, yeah, yeah uh so yeah so sorry for talking no, so no, long no. about that but i had to address that yeah. well you have a passion for the superman film absolutely so, yeah. so i had to address that um go, moving on from there uh 1982 first blood uh the first rambo movie um people have a certain picture in their mind of what it means of like oh Rambo movies, <laughs> but like First Blood is not what most people. It's very think. different. It's very different. Um, it's it's much more serious and it's much more down to earth and it's it's has a really good acting, really good storyline, um, really good stunts and stuff. But it's not that over the top kind of modern sort of action. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing, amazing the, film. The, Came very very close to being on the list itself. The, the late seventies, early eighties was an interesting time when a lot of films that we uh, are the the they were the first of a series of films. Things yeah. like Terminator, yeah, First yeah. Blood, uh, Ghostbusters came out, and the sequels came out, and kind of whether changed. the movies were whether the sequel was good or bad sort of changed what they it was. Kind of missed the point of, yeah like they kind of missed the point of the original sort of changed the you type know? of movie that it was exactly you know? like they they're like well that's nice but we've got this other idea yeah and you're you it's, it's sometimes when you watch them and you watch them like say close together you're like where after watching one yeah. where did they get the idea that for two, sure you know, you know and sometimes it's still fine like like you know like terminator 2 like yeah, yeah. like still a great movie but how did they get that out yeah. of one? Like, what changed? Who was involved that that much would change? You know, and sometimes it's just a matter of it's, a, a, you know, a few, five years later, ten years later, it's a different year, it's a different time. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's just like, like like you said, like for Rambo. Because of the, what the Rambo movies that follow, what First Blood is, it's, it's, look, the fact that it's a Rambo movie like it is the first Rambo movie, yeah. But a lot of people like it, it. Almost, it almost like now it's its own thing, and then there's yeah, a bunch of I mean, Rambo the, movies. The picture that people have is you know Sylvester Stallone with shooting like, the machine gun no, with no the headband, with like all muscly with no yeah. shirt, all greased up with like maybe super 80s maybe like an action. ammo belt around or <laughs> exactly. something. The red bandana, and the red bandana, and yeah, grunting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah grunt. and that's kind of the picture that people have. Um not not knocking that it is what it is yeah um it went in a different direction yeah um but that's not what first blood is first yeah. blood is a very taut like psychological thriller with action with mm. with really like cool character stuff um i mean just anyone who is still i mean i i'm, I'm most people i mean at this point accept that under the right circumstances, Stallone could be a good actor. Yeah, yeah But yeah. for anyone who still is just like, oh, yeah, Stallone, ha, 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 he's mm-hmm. not, you know, he's a bad he's actor. He's a caricature, kind um, of, you know. You know, the, the finale of, of First Blood, where he has, like, his breakdown and stuff, like, you just don't see that in oh. these kinds of movies. Like, it's amazing. 
Um, and uh, yeah, it's great. Well, it, I mean, it, it's, it, his of, performance of, in First Blood is very... Uh, of everything on my honorable mentions list, this came the closest to being on the actual yeah. proper list. Yeah. I, I uh, really His performance in First Blood, I mean, is, is reminiscent of his Rocky performance. Yeah. Like, it's a kind of acting that... Yeah, totally we, different character, we, but we, yeah. Yeah, but we saw that Sylvester Stallone could act, yeah. and then for some reason it just appeared in a bunch of movies where they were like... Like just, just oh, yeah. be a muscle. He would man, be the first to know? admit that yeah. he did a lot of crap yeah. and a lot of just like generic yeah. stupid stuff later on. Like mm. he'd be the first to admit that. So yeah. I mean that's not anything against him. Yeah. I mean he create he kinda created the situation of mm-hmm. people thinking that he was kind of a joke. Yeah. yeah he yeah. kinda created that situation with the choices that he made later yeah. in his career. Yeah. But going back to the core stuff not that unusual this for is great. that time. This is, yeah, yeah, first blood is amazing. Yeah. Can't yeah. recommend it highly enough. So after that uh, Trading Places, 1983, yep. which you already yep. talked about because it was on your list. Mm-hmm. Um, great film. Yeah. Um, I uh, that's another one that I c- kind of considered mm-hmm. trying to squeeze in somehow. Th- that's the surprise uh, one to me. I didn't realize you were so familiar with it. Yeah, it's really it's, it's really it's really good. It's oh, like, so good. I kind of want to watch it like right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it's really good actually yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time and yeah. I don't own it and it's been one of those ones where I've always sort of kept my eye on like like yeah. oh man I really need to just buy that yeah like how do I have this huge collection and I don't have, don't that, have that yeah but it's like I just haven't gotten yeah. around to like because there's always I, I want to always be like on the lookout for like it's got to be the best version though like <laughs> yeah. what's the one with like the most extra features and mm-hmm. the most current like edition that has like commentaries and blah blah, blah. yeah you know so I'm always kind of wary about like making sure I get the right one so uh, another 83 one is um, Videodrome, uh, Cronenberg. I'm a big Dave Cronenberg fan, um, and that's one of my favorites. Um, uh, really great James Woods performance. I'm not 100% sure that I've seen that all the way through. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I'm not... Long live the new flesh. Yeah. I'm. That is one where, like, I'm... I, like, in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's that scene. That scene. I think I maybe have only seen bits and pieces of that movie. I, I, I it should be one that yeah, really I should good. watch it. Yeah. I you know I've heard good things about it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Deborah Harry from from Blondie that's is right. the, the yeah. female lead in it, and she does a really good job. Um, Man, young James I think Woods. most like it would have been a tough role for a lot of mm-hmm. people. So she was really, um, uh, what do they call that? She was really game. Like mm-hmm. she really went for it, mm-hmm. um, which was cool. And and Woods, of course, really went for it, and and. Um, but he's you know he's a pretty consummate yeah. kind of actor he, he he does a lot of stuff he's done a few things <laughs> um, and then um, last one on my honorable mentions is um, from 1984 another 84 one that kind of yeah. just missed the, the main list but it's um, The Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai huge fan of that that was one I thought for sure was going to be on your list yeah. I was actually surprised by like Raiders Lost Ark and that like and then that it wasn't Buckaroo Bonsai yeah I'm a big fan of it yeah um, Peter Weller is amazing. It's super good. Uh, great ensemble cast yeah. behind him. Um, John Lithgow is yeah. amazing in it. <laughs> Completely ridiculous. Yeah. Insane John Lithgow. Oh, just insane. <laughs> like, ridiculous. So good. Um, and I just, I really like that sort of, that type of, I mean, as people probably could tell from the fact that I'm like, I'm a big David Lynch fan, yeah, a David yeah, Cronenberg yeah. fan, people like that. I like that sort of real kind of like quirky kind of, particular sort mm-hmm. of like like slightly oddball off the wall kind of mm-hmm. thing but you know not just for the sake of being quirky mm-hmm. it's like i like it i like my quirky but i like it with some 
some yeah. meat behind it, you yeah. know. Uh, a, a lot of quirky movies are quirky, like trying they're, too hard. They're like they're the genre. Their genre is quirky. Yeah, and that's not a lot of times they just yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. they're trying too hard. Yeah, and the yeah. ones that I like are the ones where it just feels natural. Yeah, like it's quirky because mm. the of the genius, yeah. like diseased minds behind yeah. it. Yeah, not because of you know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm saying that in a complimentary yeah. way. <laughs> I don't mean diseased minds in a in a negative way. I mean like because you know. There's a great story. Uh, I've, I've been watching a lot of Lynch, David Lynch. Uh, um, not, that, I mean, Lynch has nothing to do with Buck Ravanzai, but just in in the genre of sort of quirky, odd oddball things. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been watching like a lot of like David Lynch uh, interviews and stuff lately. Um, getting all ramped up for the return of Twin Peaks, and uh, <laughs> there's a great story that Lynch has about where, which I've heard him mention in a couple of interviews over the years. Um, whether like uh, video or like in print even uh, where um, you know people always think like oh he's got this really weird mind you know to, to come up with all the stuff that he does so people will ask him you know well have you ever done therapy like have you ever been in therapy mm. and Lynch and Lynch always says that he went to therapy once uh, and only once because he asked he asked the therapist you know could this process affect my creative oh right you right know, creative process and and the therapist told him you know well david i have to be honest it could and he said well thank you very much then i'm, I'm done with this yeah yeah yeah. because he doesn't want anything that can upset that you know what go that craziness that goes on in his brain that is his creative process you want to say you want to say that that balance but that unbalance yeah. he doesn't want to upset yeah. the unbalance that allows him to you know, you know he doesn't really understand like he's been asked like does he consciously go like i have to make a lynchian film i need to make a david lynch movie here he doesn't think of it consciously that way no he just makes up his creative process it comes out like that it's like that is he's that is the his art style yeah you know it's like when you when you look at some artists and you're like like the the struggling artist how he had to like oh to to compose this work it was such hard and then other artists who are like they create amazing yeah it's like they're a bizarre they're just a conduit the universe for, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and so you know you know I use that as a comparison uh, Buck Rubens has nothing to do with David Lynch but mm. I just use that as a comparison where that's it's weird that's the uh, that's one of those <laughs> kind of films that feels very kind of weird and quirky mm-hmm. and and kind of uh, some John Carpenter stuff is like that too yeah, like, yeah. like Big yeah. Trouble in Little China, China. Yeah. where it's like this weird kind of quirky off kilter out of left field kind of thing but it just feels natural it just sort of flows and it just mm. kind of it doesn't feel forced or it just, it just is what it is because that's where the creative mind of that creator went late 70s um, early 80s treasure trove for those kind of movies yeah, yeah. um so Actually, even into the late 80s yeah, yeah. absolutely but yeah no buck bonsai that's, so, yeah, so that's, that's a clear one. one yeah that was also i wrote that one down too but i, so, I figured you'd mention it yep. so so that's my last uh yeah yeah excellent so yeah that's so part one yeah the first half we got second half of the 80s coming 85 to 89 mm-hmm. uh-huh. five more years of the 80s will be next week you have a fairly decent idea of haven't even looked yet nope haven't even looked yet i i mean i basically finalized this last night yeah so i yeah i have not even poked at that i mean i'm very familiar with a lot of movies that come out of that era uh but i need to and i'm always like oh i forgot that was from that era i love that movie you yeah, know yeah. so well I'll take but, a look and yeah yeah definitely I'm yep. um, gonna probably start on that before the weekend. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's that's uh, that's this week. Uh, thanks everyone for uh, listening. Yeah. And for listening uh, to our rambles. Yeah. And, uh, and our, we will our, be our delving into our, our film history, our, film our love and our, of and our experience of it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, 
yeah, as we we roll back our memories to to when we were younger. Although probably I saw a lot of these movies when I was much older than when they came out, just because yeah, of the I mean, era. In but, some cases, like yeah. obviously some of the sort of more hard R kind of stuff, like <laughs> yeah. Smile Tap or yeah. Beverly Hills Cop. Mm-hmm. But um, you know. But even then, I mean, the, yeah. it was pretty early Blade on. Runner. It certainly is teenage. Not exactly going to grab a 10-year-old's attention. Uh, <laughs> it might be, little, might, might be a little too slow. A little too I mean, slow. It's nice yeah. visuals, but it might yeah. be a little too slow. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, so uh, that's it for next week. And we'll see you guys next week for part two. Uh, until then, I'm Chris. This is Emmett. Cheers. Bye-bye.